0: Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy upfront. front. Thryzer can help verify Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thrizer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello, welcome to today's session of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing awesome, having a wonderful day. So today's podcast conversation is actually all about virtual presentations I'm joined by Lorraine Lee. Lorraine and I actually uh, connected. Gosh, I, all these like months and years are all getting uh, getting uh, confused. But we actually uh, connected in fall of 2021. We were both part of Maven's third cohort for cohort based courses and uh, part of Maven's accelerator program. And I. You know, Saul Lorraine was doing some pretty amazing things when it came to virtual presentations. So, you know, practically, right, if you're doing any sort of anything from doing a webinar to drive business, all the way to speaking virtually at conferences, and how do you show up on video in a way that is authentic, and as much as possible mimics the actual live experience. So today, Lorraine and I are going to have an amazing chat about some of the tips and practical strategies that Lorraine has learned along the way. Uh, in the process of this, Lorraine has built a very massive following on LinkedIn and uh, several hundred thousand followers on LinkedIn. Uh, Lorraine was formerly at LinkedIn, uh, worked LinkedIn and then was also part of Prezi. So she's very much immersed in this world of virtual presentations and learning and what sort of you know how we learn best online and uh there's just some interesting stuff what's actually even more amazing is right in the middle of this podcast conversation Lorraine actually does the thing that she preached and like put this amazing graphic right on the screen this is the part i kind of stinks that we have these audio uh conversations but i was just like blown away by what Lorraine did and you'll probably hear my voice right in the middle of the podcast conversation. So we'll get to today's podcast conversation. Here's my conversation with Lorraine K. Lee from LorraineKLee.com. Hey, Lorraine, welcome to Selling the Couch.
1: Thank you for having me, Melvin. I'm so excited.
0: I know it's kind of a, a little bit of a full circle moment. We first connected and I remember we were the third cohort in Maven, I think, right? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: And I remember, I don't remember if we were ever in small groups, but I remember we, I can't remember if it was in the Slack channel, but I was like, oh, yeah, Lorraine seems awesome and grateful we got to connect there. And then grateful uh, we got to connect. And you've been so kind and supportive as I forayed into LinkedIn because I have no idea what I'm doing. And
1: Oh, yeah, no, you're doing a great job.
0: <laughs> Thank you for saying that. And thanks for, you know, just being kind enough to comment on stuff. and Of course. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a different world, right? And we're talking about the world of presentations. I mean, I don't know, maybe even before we start this, like, could you have even imagined this, like, pandemic, like, how, like, virtual presentations would become almost the norm?
1: No, and and it's funny, I have such a, I have a lot of experience in the presentation space. And so, I worked at slideshare which was a linkedin company at the time i worked at prezi and yeah i could not have imagined that all of that would be so useful by the time virtual presentations came around and that it's you know taken off in the way that it has but i'm really happy as i think it's made it a lot more accessible and just provides a lot more possibilities uh, for how to make great presentations
0: yeah absolutely and you said right it provides more possibilities so i i know we'll get deeper into this. But even at a surface level, what has been a shift? Like what has been some of those opportunities from as a result of going virtual versus just, you know, live?
1: Yeah, well, I think there is, of course, the obvious where if you're presenting virtually, you get to reach a much wider audience and people you might not normally have spoken to before. You know, I think virtual is really a unique way for people to stand out. I think when we shifted to virtual, a lot of people were just trying to take the in-person experience, kind of plop it onto the virtual experience. They weren't really doing anything differently. They were kind of going through the motions, you know, maintaining the status quo, doing the screen share, all of that. But with virtual presentations, for those who can do it well and kind of put in a little bit of that extra work, you are really able to, you know, create an experience for your audience. You're able to Grab their attention uh, in different ways. You're able to, you know, for better or for worse, the virtual audience is a lot harder to engage. So there's a lot more distractions and things just grabbing our attention. So, you know, if you can do virtual well, I mean, you're just going to rise immediately above the pack and and really stand out.
0: Yeah. Man, I love how you said that. And even like, you know, I mean, you know, this, like, you know, I I run, you know, I have like a live teaching for our mastermind and this is something I've been thinking a lot about, right? Not just like presenting information, but it's like this infotainment element that I feel like gets even more magnified in the virtual setting because attention is so limited.
1: For sure. And actually, I created this framework for meetings, so kind of related to presentations. But the first step in that framework, I talk about warming up the crowd. And like, to your point, when you're on video, you are kind of an entertainer now, and you really have to do more than just, you know, hi everyone and just jump into the presentation to make it interesting and make it engaging and make people remember what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. There are like so many nuances. And I think, you know, you know, this like the majority of the listeners for this podcast are therapists. But I actually feel like this kind of comes in a way natural to therapists because many therapists are kind of natural feelers. They're empathic, like right. They feel that connection. And I think probably, I think for a lot of therapists, the biggest intimidating factor is the actual tech piece of it. Right. And, but I feel like, you know, I don't know, so many therapists have made this transition to telehealth, right. And, and they've stayed on it. So yeah, it's just, there's an interesting, interesting thing, I think just in that, in this among colleagues, you know, I wanted to kind of dive a little bit deeper. So into kind of strategies, tips and things like that. Uh, There's, I mean, virtual presentations, maybe we can even start there. So when you say virtual presentation, is this like, what are some examples of that? Maybe we can even start there.
1: Examples of virtual presentations? Yeah. I think it's anything where you are virtual, so just not in person. So it doesn't have to be just Zoom specific, but it can be any platform and you are sharing some sort of content to an audience that's not in the room with you.
0: Perfect. So this could be anything from a paid talk you're doing to a webinar to like anything where you have information and you're trying to communicate information to a group of people, right? What would you say are like, so I know when we were chatting, you know, we were like, let's try to like hone in and really think about some practical tips to do these virtual presentations. So maybe we can just dive there. What would you say is like a, Kind of an easy to implement tip
1: yeah well i love that you're saying easy to implement because i mean as you referenced before i think people can get really overwhelmed with virtual but you know i really like to break it down into simple actionable things uh, that people can can do and can implement to really stand out so um the first tip i would share is to add movement to your presentations and i had this colleague um, at my former role and he would always say Movement is the gateway to attention. And Melvin, if you think about, you know, binging Netflix or you go on a walk and you see a bird flying by and your eyes are just automatically drawn to it, you know, that's movement and our brains get bored very easily. We get used to things quickly. So movement is kind of what breaks us out of that monotony of a presentation or just daily life. it's what triggers like a dopamine hit in our brain. And if you think about the presentations you've seen, whether in person or virtually, um, you think about the presenter sitting on a slide and they're just talking about the same thing for like 10 minutes. I mean, you are zoning out after, you know, minute two. <laughs> it needs to kind of keep moving, keep changing. And so I think that's you know kind of the first thing I always like to tell people virtually because virtually you have to move even a little bit more than you might in person, um, but it's a very easy thing to implement.
0: That's really awesome. And again, I. I tend to ask a lot of like silly questions on this podcast, but
1: no, not silly questions.
0: <laughs> so you said like movement. So it, it sounds like movement within like slides, right? So is this also like physical movement of the presenter? Is... Could
1: be, yeah, yeah, yeah. So movement in terms of the physical slides could be I'm um, showing a video. It could be having a GIF, a, a, you know, a moving sticker. Uh, maybe you just have some fade-ins, you know, coming in, and then movement of yes like the body language as well and so you know another aspect of presenting well virtually and appearing confident and competent is having the right framing and using your hands to emphasize your points and all of those good things
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely and then you said about slides and transitions and having these i remember like we i felt like when we were in maven like this was really like like emphasized over and over like switching stuff up
1: they did it well
0: They did. They did it really well. Do you have like a general framework of how you think about it? Like, I try to aim to switch stuff up every 15 seconds or like any sort of hard and fast rules like that.
1: Yeah. So I like to say two movements per minute. And I think so Maven did a really good job moving through things. I think what Maven also did a good job doing is creating pattern interrupts or I think they call them state changes. And essentially, and that's kind of what movement is in in some way. Um, So, for example, if you show a video, that's a state change because you're kind of breaking up what you are already doing. So you're talking through content, you show a video, you're kind of breaking up that attention. Anytime you launch a poll or ask a question or ask people to write something down, that's going to be a state change because they're moving into a different state of things. And that's also going to be a really good way to capture attention. I think it's a little bit harder than just simply adding you know, some, some movement to your presentation, but it's also a really great way to keep people engaged.
0: Yeah. And so just to kind of hone in on this, and the whole idea behind this is the more of these intentional changes they are, the more you can sustain attention for longer periods of time, right?
1: Yeah. Just because our brains get used to things. And so we're living in the TikTok era now, right? So things are just constantly moving and and changing and just quick content, quick info. So yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. That's so interesting. And I mean, I'm even thinking about like grad school, right? Like, I'm sure you can resonate with this, but like so many of, you know, lectures that we saw were like slides, lots of text, right. And you're sitting here trying to read it and it's not that way. I feel like anymore. Right. And in fact,
1: I hope not. I think there are some people who still
0: do that. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. I hope not as well. But like, I forgot where I am probably going to butcher how I heard this, but that basically like slides should be a supplement and not the main thing. Right. And so I was wondering if we could dive a little into that, like how you think about like the role of slides versus the role of the person.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would agree with that. I think slides are not meant to be the sole focus, and really, like one of the reasons when we went virtual, why it was so difficult to pay attention is because we lost that human connection piece. Because with the screen share, for example, our faces got really small. The slide took up the whole screen, and you're just staring at a you know a wall of text. And then I think you know platforms like Zoom kind of changed it so you can make the person bigger, for example. But even still, you're kind of competing person or or um content. And so when you can kind of integrate the two, um, I know this is not a video podcast, but maybe in a video clip later, you'll see I have some visuals on my screen. And when you can integrate the two, um, that's really where like, that's the sweet spot. And like you said, it's kind of you building this experience and it's you plus the content just kind of working in tandem versus one, you know, being super dominant.
0: Hey there. I hope that you're enjoying today's podcast session. So I've you know jumped back into private practice and I decided to go the private pay route. And one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is how do I tap into out-of-network benefits for clients that might want to use it? Now, the common sort of perspective or tip that a lot of folks say is just to provide a super bill for clients, but the reality is I feel like most clients aren't going to go take a super bill and then call the insurance company and then deal with that whole mess of trying to communicate with the insurance companies and waiting on reimbursement and all of that kind of stuff, right? And then at some point, especially if they're keenly aware of budget and stuff like that, they're like, oh my gosh. I may not be able to afford working with this therapist and all of those kind of things, right? Thri- this is where Thrizer comes in. And the really cool thing with Thryzer is that they will actually float the clients for the sessions. So basically, when you sign up for Thryzer, you can automatically submit out-of-network claims for your clients. It's simply done through an app. It literally takes seconds. And Thryzer takes care of all of the insurance stress. So we don't have to deal with it as clinicians. Our clients don't have to deal with it. And clients just pay what they owe for, si- uh, for actual sessions, i.e. like the difference between your rate and the reimbursement rate in order to skip the long insurance wait. All they have to do is pay the standard 3% credit card fee. There is no monthly contracts or fees or anything like that. If you would like to try out Thryzer, you can go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thrizer, enter the promo code STC so that your first $2,500 in fees are waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thrizer. And Thrizer is spelled T H R I Z E R, and enter the promo code S T C. Yeah, I like that. And I think what you're saying also in this is people need ways to like center themselves besides just seeing you or just seeing a slide like like on your on your presentation right you've got your logo you've got what you do you've got your face you've got some beautiful you know kind of gradation right there between the white to the blue like I know you have thought about all of this so uh, I know it's intentional but I mean can you take us a little bit behind that and sort of how you sort of even think about that visual even for you
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, I know that this is not a video focused podcast. So I didn't want to put so much on my screen and like so much information where no one's going to even see it. But yes, I put my logo. I put my, the gradient you see here. That's my brand colors. And then I have your, your couch here and your, and your own logo. <laughs> and that was meant to kind of tie in, you know, my brand, your brand and shows that we're, you know, doing something together. And then, you know, put my, uh, my name obviously and, you know, some information about myself. Um, yeah, I, you know, I kept it simple and this works perfectly well and I could add, you know, a little bit more as well, but for this use case, it, it makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, yeah. I love how you sort of integrated a lot of these things and even just, I think, you know, this, uh, maybe you not know, like I took a lot of art classes when I was growing up, so I'm like really interested in design and even you have these beautiful flowers, right? Like uh your your right shoulder, right? And I love sort of the contrast because it's very on-brand color right? But it's a nice contrast with my logo on the opposite diagonal. And so I mean, it feels like it's a, like my logo's red, bold, right? Like heavy, like heavy kind of emphasis. But I love the contrast on the other side, because it kind of a nice blend of the two, you know, balances it out better.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. And you know, you you reference my background. So I'm talking about the visuals now. But you know, I like to say curating your background is also a big part of that virtual presence. Again, You want to appear confident, you want to appear professional, competent, like you know what you're doing, curating your background, ideally staying away from virtual backgrounds if you can help it, and just having people, you know, see the real thing. Just because our brains are already, you know, working in overdrive on video, you do have to put in a little bit more effort in terms of interpreting what's going on, seeing people's facial expressions on video. There's like the slightest lag just because of technology and we're not, you know, live together. So yeah, anytime you can kind of ground people in reality and just kind of imitate or or make it seem like we're talking in person, um, that's also going to go a long way.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it is amazing, right? Like the shift of pre-pandemic, we just saw Zoom as a way to like do a quick meeting. But now, like we really think about all of these things like background and what that plays in, you know, the things that you put in your background. Speaking of which, generally, like how do you sort of think about stuff that you put in backgrounds for your, like when you show up on video?
1: Yeah, well, I always like to include some flowers or plants. I think it just, you know, in the same in in person to plants, I think just create like a more positive, (laughs) calming environment. Um, And so I wanted to come across as professional, but still personable. So I have like the plants. I have a little bit. I've like my Muay Thai gloves behind me, my retired gloves, just to show off a little bit more of my personality. It's a great conversation starter as well. Um, I have some candles over here on my right side as well, kind of creating that calming uh atmosphere and yeah and just making sure it's not not too cluttered and just clean.
0: Yeah, I like that. I had no idea what the Muay Thai. That's pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you like, what are those <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I was trying to figure out what those were. And uh that is but I think this this is the thing, right? Like you just said it. Our backgrounds, right, they are also meant to create curiosity form sort of a human connection, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I thought a lot about this stuff from my background too, right? Like I love landscape photography. So my like old camera is like right there and I've got, I don't know, my little uh, glass head that I usually put these uh, headphones on when I'm not recording.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, I like your background. It's really cool, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I mean, thank you. But I love the fact that we're talking about this because like, I think especially sometimes Therapists, right? We are often taught almost to like be blank slates. I I think that's definitely changing.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
0: But in a virtual setting like this, right? Yeah, there's, I don't know, the thing I kept thinking is like, how do you connect like heart to heart, you know, in a virtual setting like this and showing like little bits and pieces of your life and history and, you know, and I think that looks different for everybody, right? Like what's comfortable and what's not comfortable
1: yeah yeah i'm all for it yeah
0: yeah well i wanted to ask you like maybe it's like a little nuanced one but like how do you think about like pictures like personal photos
1: i have a few in my background i don't know if you can you can kind of see it from a distance yeah i can i like them i don't usually have people asking uh about them but i think people see them and they know i have a life and people I love and people who love me so I think that kind of adds to that human element right like just giving people a little peek into your life and you know I've seen people with bigger photos so like I think you know if that was the case people would be more likely to ask mine is a little bit small and kind of at a distance but yeah artwork family photos things like that I think those all give a, a peek into the window of, of who you are and give and it's really nice to have people ask and you get to share that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're so glad Lorraine has. is not just like in her apartment by herself. She has family. It's so awesome. (laughs) Is she okay? Yeah. (laughs) She is. Okay. So we we talked about like, generally when you're presenting like these state changes, we talked about having slides as sort of a, a supplement and thinking about other elements that you, so like all the pressure doesn't fall on your face or on the slides as you're giving these presentations. We talked about integrating like backgrounds, like that represent you, that form a human connection. Any other sort of easy to implement sort of tips?
1: Yeah, another one I would say is to include visuals. So I'm gonna just throw out a few stats there for you, Melvin. So ninety percent of the information processed by the brain is visual. Eighty percent of people remember what they see versus what they hear and read, and then sixty-five percent of people identify as visual learners. And so I'm like listing a bunch of stats now, right? And you might remember some of them, but I just want to show this to you here. Now, let's say I set all those stats and I had these visuals on screen. Now, you're probably not necessarily going to remember all these numbers, but you're going to remember the slide that Lorraine had that showed this cool brain, these bright colors on the paintbrushes, and this art piece, right? And so this is just an example showing like how visuals can help people remember what you've talked about. It's just like more interesting too, right, than just hearing or just seeing like three bullet points of stats as well. So just anytime you can add some sort of visual element, use a visual element to replace text, I think that goes a long way as well.
0: That's amazing. I'm like so impressed you just did that in a moment. And you're right. Like, I mean, again, this is how like naive I am with all this stuff. Right. So I'm thinking like you just mentioned those stats. Okay. So you're going to pull up like a slide deck or something. Right. But how in the world did you just pull up like the
1: <laughs> so uh, i used to work at a company called prezi and they have this pro- uh, product prezi video and so that's what i'm using right now and i use this for all my talks as you can see it's just a really different way and i talked about virtual uh, presentations being an right this is kind of you know what i'm trying to convey is that you can be put into the slide, you, you you merge together, it creates like the ultimate experience when it's you plus the content at play.
0: That's amazing. Right. And there's a, yeah, there's like a, a play element to it, right? Like it's, it's not like this boring presentation where you're telling me about like 90% of, you know, our, us are, pro, you know, like brain process and visual, like, but you're seeing it, I'm seeing you like, yeah. Yeah, you can get really fun with it. You can get really fun with it. <laughs> yeah, I got to Well, like, listen, you know, I'm going to be trying this out after we get done with our, our podcast chat. I don't know, like the more like we're talking, the more I'm realizing, like one, like how do you present information in a way that is interesting and memorable, but also forms a human connection, right? And is that, I don't know, like not to overly it, but is that like a general sort of thing that you think about, like as you create presentations?
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. And you know, you, you were asking about easy to implement tips like I th- and you you mentioned the human connection. You know, one other tip I would share is that eye contact it's not specific to the presentation, but eye contact virtually is really important. So I am still getting on calls still seeing presentations where people kind of look off to the side like this or they're just looking at an entirely different monitor and it is so hard for me to focus because I'm like are you looking at me? Are you paying attention? Like, what what are you looking at over there? Um, And so to have the eye contact is really important. And when we met in person, we would shake each other's hands, and that would release um, oxytocin, which is the social bonding hormone. And of course, virtually, we don't have that opportunity. But making eye contact on camera is kind of going to replicate, or at least get you some of that oxytocin that you would normally get doing the handshake. And it's going to make people feel like you're looking at them, like you are you know more connected to what's going on melvin you do a great job with the eye contact i always appreciate it and so that one maybe not as easy to implement once you know it and practice enough it will become hard to not make eye contact but it does take a little bit more practice at first than those other tips that i mentioned
0: yeah well thank you for saying that but like it's been a process for me because i mean practically prior to this right so I, i I use a DSLR for, you know, for these Zoom calls, but I didn't have like a teleprompter. So I'd have my monitor off to the side. And so I would be looking like this at questions or, I mean, again, this, I know it's hard to like describe, but as much as, as well as possible on a audio, but how do you set this up so that, how do you set up your monitor so that people can see that you're looking at them while not looking off screen? is it like a multi monitor setup like what's
1: so I, I just have one main monitor and then i have my um, laptop off to the side and i think what a lot of people do is they have the monitor and the laptop and they're using their laptop camera but they are dragging everything onto the monitor so that's why they're kind of looking that's why the eye contact never quite quite works there but what i did is i bought an external camera put it on my monitor my monitor is where everything is going to be and then you you kind of test it out like if i look into my camera it's probably looking a little too high up but i found out that looking right below the camera is kind of that that good sweet spot so it might take a little bit adjusting but essentially rule of thumb is put the camera where your main screen is
0: (laughs) got it and then you said this little thing which i just wanted to make sure uh you said when you're looking at the camera you kind of look a little below the camera usually?
1: Oh, yeah. So just for my setup, when I look into the camera, it kind of looks like I'm looking a little bit higher up, like I'm not looking at eye level. And so I, I personally, for my setup, will look a little bit right below the camera, the top of my monitor. And that's where it looks like I'm making good eye contact with my audience.
0: Got it. And then you have the laptop. So I'm just trying to imagine this. What is the function of the so all your main content is on this monitor. And then what is the function of the laptop?
1: other windows and and apps
0: (laughs) that you need that you may not
1: secondary windows and apps. Yeah. It's more for like when I'm actually working and just need two screens. Um, But when I'm speaking to someone or speaking to an audience, I'm going to want, you know, everything on the monitor. Got it.
0: Lorraine, any kind of other quick tips? Otherwise, I have a question about introverts and doing
1: these. Yeah, no, please go ahead. Go ahead with your question.
0: You know, I feel like a lot of therapists are naturally probably more introverted and they're also like feelers, right? So So the introverted part is like, you know, it can be really intimidating to do these presentations. The feeler part, right, is that human connection, right? You talked about the oxytocin being released. That's really hard on a virtual presentation, right? They feed off like energy. Any tips for folks that either are introverted or more feelers, right, as you do these virtual presentations to kind of show up, you know, authentically,
1: yeah, well I love that question. I think virtual is is really perfect for a lot of introverts. I'm an introvert myself and <laughs> so I'm speaking from experience, but you know, I like virtual because you don't have so many different stimuli around you as you would in person and you can really focus on the presentation at hand. And you know, introverts have a lot of strengths. You know, what comes to mind in the context of presenting is that introverts are, you know, really good at preparing, thinking thoughtfully, and listening. So I think, you know, where introverts have that advantage is really trying to understand your audience, understand their challenges and pain points, probably ahead of the presentation and then, you know, building a thoughtful presentation that is catered to them. And of course you're going to be practicing a lot. So you're going to come across really confident, really knowledgeable, and then you're going to make a great impression. So I think all of those things are, you know, in the favor of introverts. And you know, I, I love virtual presenting. I think it really works for, for the introverted personality.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And then for anyone that's sort of like, uh, is more of like a, a feeler type, right? Like they really rely on that sort of human connection. How do you, I guess, I don't know if the, how do you simulate that maybe in sort of a virtual setting? Like, I don't know if that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense. I think there's some different things you can do. So one, if there's an option for people to turn on their camera, and it's not like a close off event, where it's just you speaking, I always like to encourage people to turn on their cameras and just asking for it and saying, "You know, I know there might be many reasons why you might not want to, or maybe you're not comfortable, but it would help me a lot feel more connected to understand if what I'm saying is resonating if you could turn on your camera. So kind of giving them that reason why I think is always really great and encourages people to turn on their camera. And then there are different other tools or things you can do. For example, you can have polls, or there's certain like interactive polling tools or like multiple choice or like word clouds or or things like that, that I know, you know, can't replicate necessarily that in-person feeling, but you can kind of see audience engagement and get a feel for, you know, how engaged they are and what's working. And if it's not working, you can, you know, just ask them, you know, what's helpful and what's not, and just be, be direct with them. And I think, yeah, that kind of Ability to connect with people just it goes a long way, and it comes across very authentic, and, and it can help you kind of find out what works.
0: Yeah, uh, I love how you said that, and I think like what I heard and what I took away is there's such power in vulnerability, right? Like even the way you phrase that, like just saying like you know what, I know this is really uncomfortable to be on camera, but like it would really help me uh, so that I can, and just sort of presenting it that way, right? And the vulnerability in that, I really like how you phrase that. So Lorraine. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I really am just grateful for you, grateful for you know just sharing these tips uh, in order to do these virtual presentations so much better. Please tell us how we can learn more about you and tell us also about some of the awesome work that you're doing that if folks are interested in.
1: Oh, yes, of course. So I am expanding my business this year. Uh, so I do a lot of presentation consulting and, um, you know, people are interested in using Prezi. I do consulting on that as well, but basically how to public speak how to present virtually. So you can learn more at Lorraine Or you can can or and you can connect with me on LinkedIn. And that's going to be Lorraine Lee uh, as well on LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. And uh, Lorraine has quite a massive following on LinkedIn. And, uh, but I mean, you show up and you do with authenticity. And, you know, I think people are really drawn to that. So
1: Thank you. Yeah, and if any of you know your listeners uh, decide to connect, just let me know. You you learned about me on Melvin's podcast, and I'll, I'll definitely send you a note back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I and Lorraine is fantastic with that. always like responding to DMs. So thank you again for doing this, and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, Melvin. Bye. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lorraine, and especially if you have been doing more virtual presentations or you're envisioning doing them or you're making this transition to, you know, clinician, to online creator, doing more videos, doing webinars, all of that kind of stuff. I hope that today's podcast conversation has just been really helpful uh, and, uh, and beneficial for you. Lorraine's website, again, is at LorraineKLee.com. And as Lorraine mentioned at the end of the podcast, she does uh, keynote presentations, presentations for groups, all of those things. Lorraine's somebody that I absolutely trust, so definitely reach out to her if your group practice or if you are listening and you host a conference or retreat and you want Lorraine as a presenter. I was thinking about this conversation and first of all, like <laughs> when i have conversations like this it's so hard not to take notes while having these podcast conversations but i found myself reflecting on one major thing which is for me even when we do like our online course mastermind we do teaching workshops twice a month and as i shared at the beginning i went through maven's accelerator program and one of the things that they taught in this in this accelerator was well, two things, two major things. One is this I do, we do, you do framework. So, you know, if you're presenting something, right, you share a little bit of your experience, have people do it together, and then have them do it independently, right, during this sort of presentation. But the other thing they talked about was this state change concept, right? And for me, like I like tech, but I'm conversations like this also make me realize like how much more I have to learn and get, you know, more versed at, right? Like this whole concept of like Prezi and being able to actually put these graphics on your screen, it's really hard to explain it, which is, I'll see if I can include a screenshot, you know, when we post this in our community, but literally what Lorraine did is she pushed a button and these graphics like popped up in front of her that had the visuals of what uh, of what she had just shared. So she didn't switch over to a slide or anything like that. And it just like was so, so natural and it worked out so well. So it just has me thinking about like how to present better. I, you know, I'm realizing like I've really nerd out on this stuff, especially with our, our mastermind and just learning, you know, different ways of being more dynamic in presentations and things like that. So I hope that today's session is just giving you some new ideas. Uh, in order to present better online and, and also just give permission to show more of yourself on these presentations, whether it's uh, just your personality or where it's just the physical things that you may have in the background. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com.